So, I finally did do the Glacier National Park. In fact, I got the hat on right now. Um, they had two skate parks in Whitefish. Uh, that's outside of Glacier National Park. Um, Montana there. And uh, I only got to go to one. And, uh, you know, normally, like, I, I, I like call these concrete death domes fucking like scooter parks and shit but dude this this one if you're ever in fucking montana stop in whitefish and then go go to the the northern um skate park because i got one in the north and then south of the airport they got one in the south but the southern one right now is getting uh construction or something so it was off limits the uh the northern one um oh my god like it is definitely a rollerblade um, park. Uh, and when I say that, I mean extreme rollerblade. Like, it, I, I took the bike down there the first day I was there to go scope it out. And um, I didn't have my gear, so I didn't really ride it. The couple days after I actually had time to ride it, I went down there and I, I for the life of me, I couldn't get a, a line um but i only ride to the left I, I can't ride right so i i really was like limited on the lines that i could actually ride there because i can't switch directions in other words um i can only literally turn left with my handicap that i have and um so it, was, it, it made it almost impossible for me to ride but man i tell you what it's got vert sections like you fucking not know and if you can go multiple directions like that is the perfect high speed like mild air park you'll ever fucking ride and the cool thing is, is it's in a destination zone so basically once you get tired of riding you can go you know see one of the largest parks in pretty much the country unbeknownst to a lot of people glacier is actually a lot larger than yellowstone like literally the road going through it's 60 something miles But, yeah, it was a fun time. Like, the, the moisture in the air is perfect for uh, brake guys. So, it, you know, if you just want to bring a bike up there to just do flatland and stuff, it's great. But Whitefish itself is all, like, uh, been modernized. So it's all modern code. And if, if any of you guys are older that listen to this podcast, um, the newer code of construction and stuff for, you know, cities, towns and stuff. Um, it makes it almost impossible for bikes to actually have things to ride. Um, because local code basically makes it so that there's, um, unmovable obstacles in our way or the fact that there is just nothing that we can connect to with our pegs, uh, safely. Uh, there's a couple spots that if you're really, really good and you really know how to send it, there's, there's a couple spots in the town that, that are, uh, are pretty, pretty good spots to ride. But, uh, that skate park is way better than trying to scope out that, that town and figure something out. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time.
Um, had to mount the the King Contender on the top of the uh, the Mazda instead of taking it in the uh, smart car because I did not want to drive four hours in the smart car because I already did 20 hours each way down to San Diego in the smart car and my tailbone is still not healed up from uh, these uh, Mercedes leather seats that you know because it's smart cars are Mercedes-esque car it's designed and stuff by Mercedes so yeah this, the leather seats are kind of uh, um, Mercedes design and if you ever got to drive in a Mercedes or own a Mercedes you'll understand that they are not really the best touring car when it comes to their leather seats the, they're comfortable and everything but yeah over time they basically put pressure on your tailbone and um, yeah you gotta reposition yourself a couple times and you get off and out of the car and it's like you're stepping off of a, a motorcycle after a long drive walking all funny and shit pain goes away but still it's uncomfortable the um, next step of the endeavor is um, the fifth is coming fast and that's going to be my third day working back at the hospital and um, it's a significant day because I got to go in and get a tooth yanked and uh, at the dentist's office and then the next day I got to go back to work and do another 12 hour overnight and um, then that weekend on the 7th, hopefully the pain has subsided. Uh, I get to go and uh, head off to, I can talk about it now because of the fact that it's getting really close. And I know for a fact that all the seats have been filled. But Dave Norrie is uh, hosting a, um, a get-together in, um, uh, what is that, dang Seattle and in Washington there and uh, basically it's like a it's a how-to flatland pretty much if you don't know who Dave Norrie is like just type his name in BMX history will pop up he's like one of the OGs man but that's the main reason why I went down to uh, San Diego was so I could get a flatland bike so I'd add something to actually work in my favor when I go and see Dave Norrie and um, be able to actually pull off some combos which has been a dream of mine for like almost 30 plus years because of the fact that I've never been able to pull off a combo keep in mind I'm 40 something years old so basically I didn't really get into flatland until I was pretty much in my mid-teens and I could only do a couple tricks um, believe it or not decade was the first one that I learned most people learn a decade but I was actually comfortable doing them. Um, but what I want to do is actually do a combo with a decade out of a trick. So if I can actually pull off uh, a two combo from doing this uh, seminar with them, then I'm going to be pretty stoked and, and the money is well worth it. If I can't, then I'll still walk away happy because I got to hang out with Dave Nori. I mean... I was never a Haro fan, but basically, like, when it comes down to it, that, that guy is, like, um, he's BMX walking history. Uh, if you ever want to, like, listen to some serious fucking, like, Dave Norrie talk, you just got to look up Factor Freestyle on, on the YouTube there, and, and he's always on there, because he's, like, one of the, one of the main dudes on it. 
but he's a cool dude. And, by the way, Dave Norrie does reply to your emails. Unlike a lot of people. And it, it it's actually kind of funny because of the fact that basically all the big guys from the past and, um, you know, like pro riders and and uh, bike car, bike company uh, founders and and main honchos and stuff like that. All them old dudes, man, they, they respond to your email. Not like these new guys. The new guys basically just, you know, it's it's in the um, in that other folder that they never open up because basically they get spammed by like, you know, thousands of kids with the dumbass questions and shit. But the the old dudes, man, they they literally open that file up and they fucking respond to every single person that they that, that contacts them and that's that's really really cool i mean it, it it's just like dave harrow like you know like he he would respond to everybody that mailed something in and he'd send out a fucking reply or send out a reply and stickers and stuff i mean the ogs are really cool dudes it's the reason why i like you know old school bmx and mid school bmx because that that was the time and generation that that actually mattered because they both en- ended up having to go through uh, a struggle and like old school BMX is the reason why it's called old school BMX isn't because of geo it's because of the fact that basically BMX almost went dead and then a light switch got turned back on and then mid school started up now most people would basically talk it down to uh, the changing of geo but Geo had to be changed because of the fact that basically people were breaking the old school bikes, sending them harder because riders were getting way better. I mean, people were out riding their bikes. And that's what the young guys don't understand these days. They, they, they don't understand why, you know, bikes back then are so beloved to us older guys because of the fact that basically 50% of them got broken. And then tossed. Like, and, and 25% of the ones that are actually um, still around, they're all fucking basket cases. And um, pretty much like, I want to say 90% of those 50% that are still around, like the stickers are gone to shit. Because all it takes is like, you know, a year added up of a bike being in the sun over its lifetime to actually basically UV index the fucking stickers. Or the anodized. Believe it or not, black anodized parts turn gold over time. Unbeknownst to a lot of people. I don't even understand why it does that. Well, when I say black, I mean... there. It, it, it's... I don't think it, it's technically black. Because I don't think they can anodize black. And if they do, it's, it's probably like a carbon base. I don't know. But, uh... I got a couple of red lines that I, I picked up over the years that um, were basket cases because I wanted parts off of them, so I just bought the whole bike from from the people, and yeah, the the stems uh, on all of them because Redline used to be basically like the majority of all their uh, head their not headsets their um, their stems and and all their black parts that were um, coated and whatever that coating is. They all turn gold um, because of the fact that basically somebody left it out in the sun. And the majority of those bikes that I actually had were 
definitely left out in the fucking sun and elements for a long period of time. I mean, I literally had to go through and uh, wire brush like the majority of all the internals and everything to actually get them back up to par. Um, luckily, I've actually saved every single one of those bikes. And when I say saved, I mean I got parts off of them that I wanted and put parts that I didn't want on them. And not at a profit, I got rid of them and got them out to riders that needed to ride um, at usually a financial loss on my end. I'm not one of those assholes that basically got into the bike game late on and just did it for a profit. Uh, I've always been in the bikes, and when it comes down to it, I'm not one of the fucking new-gen assholes that just wants to fucking rip people off and fuck up the whole goddamn industry with overpriced this and overpriced that and just skyrocketing everything. There's a reason why the GT Pro Freestyle Tour teams are selling. If they're a 2000, I mean, if they're a 1984 or older, um, they are literally selling for in the 20s of thousands of dollars. I mean, you can get them for in the teens, but the ones in the 20s are, are the ones that are actually like, they're primo. Like, everything's perfect on them. Um, back in my day, in I think it was 89 or 92 when I got my first GT Pro Freestyle Tour, I told my dad about an ad in, in the swap sheet, and we picked one up for like a buck 75. 175 um and it was literally the team and like if i held on to that bike and it didn't get stolen like yeah like i'd have been able to build like about mm, at least five more bikes from the cell of that one at the rate that i fucking build bikes this is like all of my bikes basically end up costing between four and five thousand dollars to build because i buy them all locally i don't mail order shit I mean, the only time I've ever had the mail order was, like, to buy some, uh, cult pegs. Because of the fact that my local didn't have them, and I wasn't wanting to wait, because I actually wanted, um, another set, like, ASAP. And cult had them out to me in less than three days, which I was pretty stoked about. So, that being all said and done, like, yeah, keep your purchases local. Um, if you don't have a BMX, you know, only store, um get with people to actually make one happen because they're going to be popping soon we're about to change from new school to a new generation of bmx in probably the next year after all this covid shit's over with and everything settles down um and hopefully it goes in the right direction and not in the wrong direction as modern bikes did uh, nothing against you modern riders i mean you love your tech, you love your tech, but us mid-school guys laugh at you. How are you going to, you know, compete in the X Games and the only thing you can actually combo is, is tail whips and, and bar spins? That's nothing. You're young, you should be able to do more than that. I mean, I get it, you feel that you're sending something big, but it's not really big at all. The, the big problem with uh, a lot of modern riders is they're too tech crazy. It's, it's not fun. Tech is not fun.
I mean, it's technical. There's nothing fun about technical. When you take a, a mountain bike down a, uh, you know, down a lift park, you know, a ski park that's basically for mountain bikes at, in the summertime. Um, but what are you going to ride? Are you going to ride flow or are you going to ride freaking tech? No, you're not going to ride tech. You're going to ride flow. Flow's fun. Tech is, you know, it's something to brag about. Not fun. Making the X Games basically revolve around tech is completely taking away from the sport. BMX is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be funny and goofy. Shit's supposed to be made up on the fly. And you can't make shit up on the fly if you're focusing on basically the standard 5 tech. And you can't build a line of the standard 5 tech. And if you do, then basically at the end of the day, it's just a boo-boo-ass fucking, you know, group of tricks that you put together that you're going to, you know, redo and restart multiple times in a single run. And it makes you look basically like you only literally have five pages in your trick book. It's just a page meaning a, a one trick. It's just not cool. I mean, vert to me is, is flow. Um, old school street park to me is flow. There's still tech you can do, but old school tech and mid school tech is completely different than modern tech. Modern tech is not fun. I keep on repeating it because it's truth. It's just, it's just a waste of time. Anybody that's been riding for a year, continuously practicing indoor, outdoor, can master all of that tech. And the proof of the pudding is, is basically the United States Olympic team. Unbeknownst to a lot of you guys, half of that team just started riding. When I say just started riding, I mean literally they were fucking practicing for a year. Nobody nobody even watched the the bikes on, on the Olympics. You should see the fucking ratings on it. In the United States, the fucking goddamn the viewership of it was like down this year. The X Games, like the viewership on that on online was not that bad, but it was just basically a bunch of like teenagers watching it. None of us modern like uh modern-esque riders from the past because I do ride modern but I don't ride modern tech I try and actually do mid-school shit on a modern bike it's fucking hard because the geo is not for it um the uh all of us guys that are in our 40s watching the fucking X Games are all just shaking our heads especially the the um indoor street that they did Jesus that was a fucking scooter park well, what the fuck were those quarters? Like four feet tall? There was nothing to watch. I could have went down to my local park and actually watched, like, dudes that I ride with fucking ride better lines than that. 
we're not pros. So why the fuck are the non-pro people fucking as as superior as the fucking pros now? Back then we we had people to look up to. Back then we 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 knew the life and we knew basically like what what it needed to be and what it was about. It was about fun. But no. I digress. It's not about fun anymore. It's about profiteering and it's about sponsorship of profiteers. And it's about basically people building the same fucking geo on every single bike. Some having brakes, some having not. The Kink Williams is, is a perfect example of this. The Kink Williams is uh, the bike that I'm having built right now. When I say having built, it's the first bike that I've ever had a fucking bike shop build me. But it's special to me because of the fact that I told them, um, open checkbook, fucking just build it. So they're basically making me a, a, a present that I got to pay for. Uh, I already specified. Hold on. I already specified certain parts that I actually do want on it, but it's. Uh, I, I will. I will say that when it comes down to it, that the uh, Kink Williams that I'm building is probably better than um, the Kink Williams the namesake actually rides mine's gonna be super snazzy but again it's gonna be a fucking modern tech bike and I probably won't ride it that much because the BSD Freedom is exact same fucking geo and I fucking can't stand it I mean manuals that thing loves manuals I mean same thing with the Williams the Williams is designed for manuals as well front and rear wheel manuals like it's just you just lift up on the wheel and it just does all the work for you and it's not a heavy bike and you know it's a smash together geo but at the end of the day like i i'd, I'd really like to see uh more of that the um when i say that i mean like just better looking bikes and the Williams has a little bit of passion behind it the uh, BSD Freedom same thing like they're they're a bike that can be snazzy and they're uh, powder coated unlike my King Contender which can't even handle a road trip without getting a fucking chip in it or moisture. God damn that clear coat is fucking like fogging up like son of a bitch. I mean fogging up because it was getting like damp. But yeah. Alright. That's that's enough of me blabbering. I'll talk at you guys later.